Okay. Yeah, we're on. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon to everyone, wherever you are, whoever you are. Thank you for joining us on our latest edition of FPL Nations. I am your host, Dominic Terrell, and my co-host, Callum Harris. How are you, Callum? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Just uh, recovering from a bit of a uh, toothache over the uh, the last couple of days. Maybe I ate too many sweets or chocolate from Christmas, but... Uh, we'll it's a celebration from West Ham, guys. That's, that's what's going on with them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I ate a whole bag of Harry Boker's West Ham one. Back into fourth, back yeah. into the Champions League spots. How exciting. Back into form, really, yeah. How are you doing? But yeah, that's nice. Um, I'm I'm doing well as well. I think we were discussing earlier about really being disconnected from FPL these last few weeks. Um, I think that's been my state. Um, it's actually helped me, <laughs> honestly, because um, as I was mentioning, you know, the things that you can't control and you know stuff happening with injuries, people going to Brussels for no reason, people coming down with COVID. It, it it all gets to a head where you realize, okay, let's just pick your team, wait until the the deadline, press select, and then you 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 know go about your business, and whoever gets points get points. But it's been good. I've had a if I can jump jump straight into it, I've had a a pretty decent upturn after the week just before Christmas. So as Carla mentioned in the podcast that I was absent for, um, I had gone for a five day vacation. Just went back home um, to Guyana to spend some time with the family. Also had a competition across there. And I think the game week had started the day I reached in Guyana. So I was on the couch um, after settling in and stuff because I'd reached the night before. And I, you know, was going through. And I think that was the same day that there was a whole extension because it was a game postponed within the last hour. And I think it was one of the first games too. And... I just really, really saw all of that and I said, you know what, let me just not really worry about it too much. I pressed confirm. I did not open FPL again and probably until the next deadline. So I had absolutely no clue whatsoever what my team did, um, who scored points, who returned. Um, and it was really, it was really, really good. A good period. I wasn't stressing too much about stuff that really didn't matter. So um, I definitely benefited from that. But moving forward from that, I definitely saw a big upturn in points afterwards. Um, and I think I can draw it down to just me taking my time, not worrying too much about the externals that I really couldn't control. And just reminding myself to trust the, the, the process as much as possible. I mean, there are many choices that we make and um, in making them, we make about 25 choices before that individual choice. I try to just settle it down and remind myself, you know what? You made a choice because you believe in XYZ. If that's the case, then just go ahead with that and don't worry too much about overthinking it and then worrying about all the possibilities that you have no idea if they may happen or not. Um because yeah I scored forty seven points in game week nineteen. That was the week that I reached I started my vacation and then the week after I had I scored seventy points and then this last week here that I just finished I free hit it and I got eighty three. So and in, in the space of two game weeks, I scored in excess of 150 points. So I definitely, definitely saw some big improvements there. And, you know, I'm really glad to see that. Um, me personally, I'm glad going into it. Yeah. That must have been two big green arrows for you, those two game weeks, because I think I had green arrows the last uh, three game weeks and my respective scores were 41, 50 and 88. 
So you outscored me by probably 20 points. And if, if I'm seeing green arrows in the top 25k, you know, uh, you must be seeing, you must have jumped up tens of thousands of places, right? Probably. Um, I think, I, I must admit, I can't remember what was my position. Um, gaming 19. But I do know that I was out of the top 100, 100k three weeks ago. I'm now closing in on the top 50k, so definitely, I think it's hundreds, hundreds of thousands of places I jump. Um, and yeah, I mean, if I can just touch quickly, because I didn't get to mention my squad last week. Um, I, that was what I, when I, one of the first times in, in my FPL season, this season, that I had three of my strikers returning. That was when Antonio got an assist, who probably should have gotten more. Ronaldo had his, um, his goal, and I believe it was an assist. And well, let me just check that. Yeah, against Burnley, he had a goal and an assist. Yeah, and all three bonus points, along with Dennis scoring an absolute screamer. Um, that really worked out. And then Bowen came in clutch. I have to, I continuously thank Callum for that tip because, um, I think apart from the first week or one of the weeks that I had him, he's returning every single game week, and he's just look as if he's going from stride to stride. I He's in the form of his life, and he's definitely playing as if he's only looking to score more points each game week. Son as well, I had captain that week. He got me 12 points or 6 points on the double, and Foden returned with 11 points as well. Um, And that was the week before he, I think, tested positive for COVID. Um, And he was the lone goal scorer, which he sh- and he should have scored two, honestly, but there was another goal I was counted as offside in a Brentford game. So it was really good um, choices that week. All six of my outfield players from midfield go up, returned, and four of them out of the six returned in double digits because they are the main returners. Everybody else blanked. No, Diaz returned as well. So Diaz gave me a, a, a clean sheet, but Livermento, Rudiger, Alexander, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Dubravka all blanked. Dubravka as well. I brought him in because he had a game, that I think, that week. An easier game than um, the fact that Arsenal had no game and his game ended up getting postponed during the game week. But all in all, it was a great week. And then touching right now on... As well that week, didn't they? You had Antonio, Ronaldo and Dennis and I think Antonio got five, Ronaldo got 12 and Dennis got six or something like that. Seven, uh, yeah. 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 I, I think it was a good week. That was a really good week for you in general. Just to, just to quickly touch on it as well because... Um, I had a quick look at your your rank history while you were talking there, and you went from about 150k up to 50k. So you jumped up 100 100k places into the top, into the top 100k, and nearly into the top 50k. So, yeah, yeah, massive. That sounds alright. Yeah, yeah. It has been it's been good. Two good weeks. Um, so I'm just looking to improve upon that. Um, and as I said last week, I free hit it. It was a decision stinger and I we discussed and we agreed that it would, it would make sense. This was obviously before we even know about the double game week. Looking back at it, obviously if we had the information when we were making that decision, I probably would not have it. Um but up until the deadline had passed and even after the first few games, we had no clue that there was a double game week coming up in twenty two and what the fixtures were. So I'm not mad at using the free hit. I definitely improved on the squad that I had um 
before the free hit and i definitely attacked the double game weeks so the only things that i really regret is um potentially not trusting in everton a little too much because i double up on everton players in keen and gray both of them blanked in the first game and obviously the second game was postponed and obviously i trusted in tony um and he blanked both games i think he because i what what happened in the second game because he's in the second Brentford game, they got beaten by. Um, was Aston Villa the first game or the second game? I think they got beaten by Aston first Villa. They won, and I know they won the first game. They won the first game two one, but um, Tony didn't score. He got a yellow card in both yes, games, which is did. why and then they lost to Southampton four one. That was it. So the Aston Villa game was first, and then the South they got absolutely ruined by Southampton four one. Um, I think Mbumo was. Um, he scored or assisted. I think he was the only one from Brentford who people own. I think Janelt was the other one who scored or assisted. Yeah, which was also crazy to see him, by the way, which is the other thing, because I hadn't looked at him, because I think I'd, when the game got started, he was injured, or at least out of contention. So it was interesting to see that he was back. Mm. Um, but all in all, I think the storyline of this, this game week was the West Ham players. I really, really wish, though, that they all had kept a clean sheet in the first game against Norwich. I mean, up until, what was it, 70 minutes? I can't even remember when they scored. West Ham had, I think, three goals to the good. And I'm there, like, good. I think Fabianski was on something like seven or eight points at that point. And then in, his, in, the, in, the, in a matter of 10 minutes, I think, Norwich come back and score two goals and then make the game interesting. You mean Crystal Palace? Nor- Norwich was the last game we won 2-0. Right, Crystal Palace, yeah, I mixed up. Yeah. Crystal Palace come and score two goals and I'm there like no. Because not only that, Fabianski lost his his clean sheet and he lost a point for um he lost a point for conceding two goals and then Bowen lost two points for me because he's my captain from a clean sheet point and then Antonio, who was in bonus points position as well, lost two bonus points. Because I think one of the goal scorers took that position and then another Brentford, another Crystal Palace player jumped the position as well. So that game was tough to Sylvie. Thankfully, Bowen had returned in that first game and then obviously, you know, just what happened in the second game with Bowen's two goals. So I guess all in all, I have to really thank, thank West Ham and Bowen in particular for their contributions because they make up the majority of my points because the only other people that returned would have been um, Son and Regulon. Son being an assist. I think he was fouled for Kane's penalty and Regulon's clean sheet who was subbed off early as well. So yeah, I think that's a good recap. I'm not mad at it at all. Um, great captaincy choice as well, especially considering that I had sold Salah like two weeks prior. So I've been without Salah for about two game weeks and it's been the most nerve-wracking game weeks ever. Um, especially after seeing him score against Chelsea in a game where I really didn't want him to. Um, but to still be able to sustain that and see green arrows is really a big plus. So. All in all, I'm happy. I have a lot of changes to to do moving forward, but we discussed that. Um, how did your last three weeks go, Callum? I know you mentioned you would have mentioned it in the podcast earlier for just for just for um catching up sake. 
Yeah. Um, so I think two weeks ago, game week 19, I think that was the one that I went through with um, Azim. So I had um, I had the double Chelsea defence, which scored me a grand total of one point. Uh, Ramsdale got me six. Cancelo got me four. Sun got me eight. Uh, I captained Bowen that week and got four points off him, so for eight in total. Uh, Lacazette got a goal and assist for an 11 points. And... Uh, I think it was... Oh, that was the week that Wilson got injured. So that was the week that Wilson went off of a, a hip injury on about 13 minutes or whatever it was. Um, I also had Dennis Backman, Alexander Arnold and Jota, uh, who all didn't have a game. I did have uh, Gwaihi from Crystal Palace, who I've been... I feel really unfortunate with over the last few weeks. Um, and that was the game he played against Tottenham. And I really needed to play that because I had three players on my bench who uh, didn't have a game that week. But unfortunately, he didn't start the game. He also didn't come on, so he got me zero points. Um, so that was 41 points. That got me a slight red arrow, I believe. Uh, but then on the next week, game uh, game week 20, I scored 50 points. I had uh, double Chelsea defence, got me three points. Woohoo. Uh, um, I captained Alexander-Arnold, and that was, the, that was the week just to remind ourselves that Salah got his grand total of zero points. Um, and I captained Alexander-Arnold that week because I thought it should cover most of Salah's points. Um, and it turns out it did. It did cover all of Salah's zero points, and it gave me two extra points. So that was good. Um, mm. I had Bowen, who scored 14 points. Dennis and Antonio, five and seven points. Um, and I left Guayhi on my bench this week, because I thought, well, he hasn't been playing well. He hasn't kept many clean sheets. And then he went and kept a clean sheet against uh, Norwich. Which probably was my fault because you'd think against Norwich, yeah, Crystal Palace should be able to keep that clean sheet. My fault, I should have played him, but it would have been a hard pick between maybe Bernardo or Antonio or Dennis as to who to bring him in, to who to put him on for, who to bench. And if I'm being honest, I'd probably bench Dennis, who got seven points. So I'm not really disappointed at that. It's just a shame that he didn't get a chance to come on because I think that was the game that was it. Re, uh, it was Alonso, I think, that got benched. Was it Reese James? One of them got benched and then came on when the other one got injured. So I think it was. Yeah, so I think Reese James started that one, didn't he? I think he started it on the left and then he got injured and Alonso came on. Um, so that was a bit of a shame because that meant would have meant why he came on. But uh, either way, that week. Uh, took me a small green arrow from 40k to 30k. And then this latest game week, had a, had a really good game week. Captain Bowen for 42. Um, I had Antonio and Kufal. Antonio got 9 points, Kufal got 12. Kufal got the, got the assist for Bowen's goal and also kept a clean sheet. Uh, and just to point out, I think we're on the subject of uh, West Ham. The defence were much, much better now that Cresswell was back. I think a lot of the chances that we'd conceded over previous weeks had been because the Masuaku-Diop relationship at left-back and centre-back hadn't been there. Players were running between them, players were taking them on, they couldn't defend, they were giving away free kicks, they were giving away penalties. 
and I think now that that Cresswell's back, I think it's a a big big bonus for us. And I think the good news is that um, Zuma is looking like he's going to be back soon as well. Uh, so at least then we'll have um, you know Kufal, Cresswell, Zuma, who are our first team defenders, all back in action. It's just a case of waiting until. Ogbonna can come back in and replace uh, Diop or Dawson. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to to keeping Kufau as well going forward. But just just on the other ones, I had Son got an assist, Bernardo got an assist, Jota got an assist, Alexander Arnold got an assist. Um, didn't, none of them did anything else. So we had sort of four from Alexander Arnold, five from Bernardo, six from Son, five from Jota, um, and then I had a couple of one pointers in Dennis and McGinn. Um, I'm in a similar situation, albeit slightly easier situation, where I've got a few flagged players. So I've got, I've got Son who's got a red uh, a red flag. I've got McGinn who's got a red flag, um, and I've got Alexander Arnold who's got a yellow flag, and Dennis as well. So it's gonna be it's gonna be some tough decisions uh, coming up in these next few game weeks. But I think we'll come on to that. Come on to that in a bit, but yeah, overall I'm quite happy with my team at the moment. It's uh, it's provided me quite well this game week, and I know I've got quite a few players who have more double game weeks coming up, hopefully soon. So I'm I'm excited. Yeah, for sure, I am as well. Um, so I guess just to touch on that because I hadn't mentioned when I was recapping what was happening with my teams, as a, as it stands, um, and I spoken to Callum earlier. My team has a grand total of eight players flagged, one red and seven yellow, um, which is like a lot. Like I think this is the most I've ever had. Um, and I mean to be fair, there are a lot of people that I should have saw, like the like Livermento, for example, who was definitely on my selling block for a while, but everything just happened that stopped that. Um, so I've kept having to play him or keep him on the bench. He's definitely somebody I need to get rid of. So there are some avoidables here for sure. People I'm definitely going to bench. My only issue here would be getting an 11 from this squad. So I guess one of the things we can touch on first is what, what would you advise people to do? Because I know that I'm not alone. Um, I've discussed with a few friends who've, who have the same issue as me, having multiple players flagged. What is the best avenue you can suggest to either navigate this, get out of this, work around it? What do you think? What would you suggest? So, obviously, I think the first thing to bear in mind is that you have free slots for free injured players. So, I would say that eliminates your problems down to four players you have. Um, just a touch, I think, obviously, going into... Because you free hit last week, didn't you? So, I think players yeah. that you knew might not have been around would have been uh Omar Bamadele because he's not nailed starter Dennis because he was going to have con Livermento because he was already injured. Um mm -hmm. so assuming those three go onto your bench I've heard that well I've read somewhere that Trent Alexander Arnold was supposed to be back for Brentford. I don't know how true that is. That's probably something that we'll have to look at uh during Jurgen Klopp's press conference. Um, I noticed that um, 
Foden has been yellow flagged. Now, I suppose if we were going to briefly, briefly touch on one of your flag players' son, um, there's a straight swap there for me, uh, probably to De Bruyne. Um, for me, yeah. I'm not too worried about those lower-cost striker and defensive options. So your players like um, Omabamadele, Dennis, Livermento, I probably wouldn't be too worried about playing them if they, even if they don't have a game, because realistically they're not. They probably won't going to get too many points anyway. It might not might, might not five off your total. Um, the ones I'd be worried about replacing would be Ronaldo, De Bruyne. Uh, sorry, Ronaldo, Son, Foden. And if Alexander-Arnold isn't available, possibly him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've got a few options in there, really. I suppose it depends how you want to play. Obviously, you free-hit last week, so free-hit's not an option to you now. No. Nope. Because uh, you can't free-hit two weeks in a row. Um, so really, your your two options are limited to world card and making some transfers in order to get around it. If it was me... In your situation, I think what I'd be doing is taking a minus four or a minus eight. Um, definitely, definitely getting out, son. Um, if you have enough money to go up to De Bruyne, brilliant. You can do that for one transfer. If not, you can swap out either Foden or Ronaldo. Do you know the status of Foden as a Man City fan? Do you know if he is... Well, let's see what FPL says. So FPL says uh, lack of match fitness. 75% chance of playing. I don't know if that's referring to his, um, let's call it unprofessionalism, where Pep decided to bench him. Do you know if he's supposed to be returning from that, or has he got, got some, other, some other thing that we don't know about? Right, so let's, um, just to remind the people that are listening, that happened, that un professionalism happened with him and Grealish. That that was game week nineteen. So game week nineteen he was um or was it game week eighteen, right. He was unexpectedly benched. That was another bad week for me by the way. Um that was when I think Salah Salah Blanks and he was my captain. And he returned the game after that, that is game week 19, I think for like 20 minutes, a cameo, some sort of small cameo. And then he started the game after that, which is the game where he got 11 points. Um, that was game week 20. Um, at that point, he was back into the rotation. So at that point, he was um, either out of his um, probation or whatever Pep put him under. And he was back into the starting 11. But then what happened was... Um, this week in particular, he didn't play, he didn't make the 11 at all, didn't they make the 15 at all because the apparently, and as I heard, he had COVID. So I think FPL put it under lack of, lack of match fitness, but I think he had tested positive for COVID. Either that or he was some sort of illness that he had that wasn't related to COVID. Those are the two things that I'm hearing. Um, and that was that was, um, discovered just before the game week had started so my belief is that he should be back um it is going to be a toss-up however especially for somebody who has followed city for a while i know pep to um definitely try his best to put put the best players out there 
for big games. Um, notwithstanding the Champions League final, of course, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, outside of that, though, I think he should be back. It's totally though dependent on Foden himself because I don't know what effects that illness would have had on him. I don't know if he comes back and he feels completely winded. He comes back completely un like not much fit at all. Um, because I know with COVID and any kind of respiratory illness that can have a severe effect on your fitness and the way in which you breathe in general. So I'm going to have to wait on information on that probably until the last moment before the deadline. But I believe that once he comes back healthy, comes back much fit, or his fitness isn't, hasn't taken too much of a hold, I do expect him to start. Um, just because of the importance of the game, it's a top three clash. Um, we win this game, we go, I think, 13 points or something like that, clear of Chelsea. Really, really extend that lead. And I think Peppers going to look at look at that as an opportunity to start to rotate pillars even more after that game, because I'm pretty sure he's telling them win this game for me, and we can focus on start to focus a little more on Champions League coming up, and um, the FA Cup. So mm-hmm. I do believe that he's he's a chance to start, but I don't doubt that he gets rotated or benched, especially if there's a risk of him getting injured or he's not fit yet. So yeah, so if that's, that's where me. I'm 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 getting rid of um, Son and Ronaldo in your case. I'm taking Son out for probably De Bruyne, uh, and I know it's you mm-hmm. have a spare City um, slot, so that's perfectly possible. And I don't know how much how much sort of how much money would I think I think most people have probably got. Uh, I'd say probably two million sat in their bank just because I think most people went from Salah to Son um, and may not have spent that money. Me personally, I've got three million because I think I spent I downgraded someone else before, before this. Um, so yeah. I would expect most people to be able to go straight from Salah to De Bruyne, which means that Ronaldo can go to absolutely anyone. Um, I don't think there are any restrictions on who you'd put Ronaldo for. But as far as I'm aware, Ronaldo picked up a hip injury. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't play the next game. Obviously, he's 36. They go, they're going to want to manage him quite well. I'd say if you haven't got Antonio, Antonio is the way to go. Um, I suppose other options, and this could be an interesting one, is um, Cavani. Now, if... No, I retract that. I completely retract that. I was... No, I'm going to discard that straight away, actually, because if Ronaldo is only out for one game, then Cavani's not coming back in the team permanently. So, um, I suppose other options probably include... Oh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he's back. Everton haven't looked great, but they, they have had a really poor run of games and it's only just started getting better in the last couple of game weeks. Um, okay. Obviously, they play Norwich next, um, Villa, Newcastle, um, Leeds, Southampton. That's a really good run of fixtures for me. That's that's good enough for me to bring in Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You've obviously got Ollie Watkins as well, who's looked really good under Gerrard. Gerard can get Coutinho um, backfiring. I think Ollie Watkins could be a really good shout. Um, I think that's the way I'd go personally. I'd be looking at downgrading um, Sun, uh, upgrading Sun to De Bruyne and downgrading probably Ronaldo to Antonio Watkins or DCL. I think that gives people about four million in the bank. So I suppose it's completely up to you if you then spend another minus four to say do Smith Rowe to. Um, another good option that I can't. Let's let's have a look at some some good options. Maybe 
Uh, if you haven't got Bowen, I'd definitely recommend Bowen, by the way. To anyone who hasn't got Bowen. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly, as well, just as another thought, I think Kane's looking a lot better than he was now. So if you did, a, you could do some to um, De Bruyne and Ronaldo to Kane. I don't hate that move. I think Kane's looked much, much better recently. Um the problem is without Sun, does Kane's value then drop? So I think that's something to consider. But if it's me, I'm I'm probably taking a minus four or a minus eight there, spending all my funds to, to bring in some players and benching the three that you that you can. So Livermento, Dennis and say Omabamadeli. Um just I think a wild card is much better used for a fixture swing than I do when you have a lot of injuries. I think you are on the borderline of being able to use a wild card through necessity. But if I'm being honest, I'd be wanting to wait until game week 31 when you have or somewhere around there where you've got a lot of double fixtures, double game weeks sort of set in stone. Right. I think there's a, a good time to use it around kind of teams getting um some really good fixtures so man city's fixtures from game week 31 till the end of the season uh liverpool chelsea tottenham palace all have like a a turn of fixtures on that game week um Mm. and then you've got some teams at the moment where a lot of people might have them so dcl keen um some people have gray they go on a bad run of fixtures so you want to sell all of them at that point as well so for me, I'm I'm waiting until game week thirty one ish to use my wild card, um, which is why I wouldn't recommend using it now because I think you've only just got access to it now. It's very easy to just do it, just you know, use that wild card straight away. It's there, it's glaring at you, you know. Um, hey, yeah. But unfortunately, I think. I think you're you're on that sort of maximum number of injured players where you go, okay, maybe it's time to use the wild card. Maybe I have to use it. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. Have you got any thoughts on what you might do, or did you have any thoughts before you asked how how you might deal with it? So I was, I'm I'm in the same direction as you, only that instead of because I honestly was considering leaving Ronaldo. So let me saw let me tell you what I saw, right? So knowing Ronaldo, he's probably gonna use his influence to get himself to play once he's able to play. Um and the fact that it's not a serious injury to the point where you know that he's definitely penetrating is probably gonna give me indication that he's going to definitely look to play. He's definitely going to aim to be in that starting eleven for both games too. So, seeing that, and then obviously the target that I used last week, which worked very well, was which was to attack players that they have two games, um, three of which who returned were um, West Ham players who all had double games. I think that's what I wanted to stay with. So I I don't. And then obviously United still have decent fixtures, although they haven't been playing well. I definitely wanted to keep the players that have double game weeks 
in the squad, at least for this game we coming up. So somebody like a Ronaldo, somebody that I was looking at to keep. Um Sun definitely is going out. I was actually looking to bring in I think I know you said De Bruyne. I was looking to bring in Jutta. And that's just for the long run as well, because I know Jutta is gonna be playing in a Liverpool without Salah and without Manny. Um he's definitely gonna be the focal point of the attack. He's gonna be the target for the attack really. And if Trent is fully fit and able to play all these games, he's definitely going to be attacking Jota, not just on the ground, but in the air, because we all know how great Jota is. I think he's probably the best out of the front three, which is crazy because he's, I think, one of the shortest of the front three. He's the best one in the air. So he's definitely going to be a threat, not just on the ground, but in the air too, with the crosses that Trent provides. So I was personally thinking of taking out Sun for Jota, giving myself a few funds to work with because I have 1.7 in the bank right now um, as it stands and I definitely definitely think that I want to attack that Liverpool option of going Jota and Trent because I know that if anything happens and points come it's probably going to be from those two players um, more than likely it's going to be from Trent and Jota's who I want to finish it off so that's the direction I'm looking. I was also looking to get to double up on Watford players. I don't know if you had mentioned that earlier, but Watford have probably out of all the double game weeks have the best double game week lineup. Um, and their fixtures are the most presentable in my eyes. So what I was considering was bringing in King, but the only issue with that is as a Dennis owner already, who I want to start by the way, because he has been on the better better runner form of late and has scored more goals. I think overall than King and more points. Um I definitely want to keep him, especially if he's fit. I know he came off half time in his last game. So I'm assuming that with that and the fact that he didn't go to AFCON means that he's focusing on his recovery. So I'm hoping that's a good sign for his recovery going forward. Um it's gonna present a problem because as you said, Antonio has a very presentable game against Leeds. Antonio in and of himself, because he's the lone striker, many occasions he's going to be the one who's going to get the chances. And he should have really scored in the Norwich game as well, to be fair. Um, there was one chance he turned the defender, plays it over, you know, probably off balance. You can excuse him for that, but there was definitely one where he had to keep on the ground almost. The entire goal begging for him just to put it in a corner and he hits it straight to the keeper. So I'm assuming that with that against Leeds, even if he gets like one more chance than that, so probably three chances he's going to score just because of how bad their defense is. But with that in mind, it's a toss up between that and playing a king who plays West. Um, who are they playing? Newcastle and who is it? Burnley, I believe. Can't remember. Uh, Two very, very good fixtures. Newcastle's next game is Watford. Watford, right. And then who's Watford's other game? Watford's other game is Burnley. Right, yeah. So those are two games that I really would have wanted to play two attacking Watford players and knowing Watford's capability of scoring. So that's the direction I'm looking at. I would have, I might stick to Foden as my Man City asset, not just looking at a Chelsea game, but beyond that. Once he is fit, he's going to start and he's definitely going to be one of the important pieces going forward. He's in the thick of things, he scores, he assists, he makes things happen. Um, and he's very much going to be one of the reasons why we um, we probably score because he's definitely always in attacking position, um, always is making runs and always is looking to get on the ball. 
And that's all the qualities I want in an FPL asset, especially as a midfielder. So I probably would go Foden, that and the fact that I, I'm sitting on a Ronaldo right now. So if I'm going to get somebody like De Bruyne, I would love that it comes from the funds that I see used from Ronaldo rather than touching my midfield right now. So that's probably what I'll do. And lastly, I wanted to get uh, Spurs' defensive asset. Probably it's between Regulon and Emerson. Just because of Regulon's particular um, playing style right now under Conte is like very, very mandated to him to get up the field. That's something I would want in a defender. And obviously Tottenham are a chance of getting clean sheets against um, teams below them. So um, I would love to cash in an opportunity where he gets an assist and probably a clean sheet in the same game with bonus points. So that would also be um, very lovely. And I think... Just to note as well, they are interested in Triori as well, which might make things a little more interesting if they do end up getting him, because then they'll have um, another option going forward, crosses-wise, or even making space for the likes of Son and Kane to run into. So mm. That's just something I'm going to look at, look into going forward. But that's where I'm looking at. That Regulon swap by the would be for Livermento. So I think this is what I was thinking about. Moving out Livermento, bringing in Regulon, selling Sun, bringing in Jota, and I still don't know if I'm going to bring in King. The, the sad thing about it though is that King is the one right now who's nailed, and Dennis isn't because Dennis is injured, but we don't know if he's coming back. So I don't want a situation where I play Ronaldo, Antonio, and and Dennis, and King is the one that I miss out on, and King is the only one that starts. Um. And then I also want to capitalize on double game weeks as much as possible. So it would be better if I have him. But that's what I that's the direction I'm looking at. Um I would be a, a minus four so far. If I bring in King a minus eight. Um so yeah, that and that's obviously hoping that trend starts. Um Foden starts as well. So there are a few variables to Ronaldo stats. Those are things that I'm hoping that happens. So that's that's sort of the direction I'm going in. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's what I think um, I want to go. I think that's one of the big things is that I suppose you don't want to be playing taking players out who might start if you um if they if they're just out for one game, you have to question whether it's worth taking them out unless the player you're bringing in is part of your long term plans anyway. Right. And missing a game's probably not the end of the world. So players like Livramento, you know, Southampton defensively haven't been great recently. Livramento's, you know, dark orange flag, which means, you know, that's sort of one above um kind of a red flag. You know, is he is he likely to play? We don't know. Is he likely to play the game after? I don't think FPL really knows. So for me, that that is worth swapping out, like you said, to someone like Regulon or even Emerson Royale looks pretty good right now. Sun, obviously, yeah. red flag for two months. He's worth taking out. Um, with Om Om Omabamadele, he's got a back injury, twenty five percent chance of playing. Um, I don't know if he's out for the long term, but again, if you're downgrading Sun to to someone like you said. You probably could afford to go Livramento to 
Regulon and Omran Vizelli to, to Emerson Royale. That could be quite an interesting way to play because Tottenham look look good at the moment. Um, you're keeping a free Tottenham slot in case Son or Kane come back. Um, right. And you're upgrading two of your defenders into players that you want. don't know if that's worth an option to you. And that, get, get, that gets rid of the three players who I would say are least likely to play. Is that is that an option to you? The only problem is that I suppose you've then got five players who might play, might not play. Yeah, I guess that's that is an option. Um, it does give me a playing player though, and um, somebody replacing my bandit, my bandit, oh, my Delhi. Um, somebody replacing him means that I, at least I get a player because he wasn't. He was on my team, but that's because of his price, really. So, um, at least now he's an option to come off the bench at any one point if I need him to. If he goes, if he gets upgraded to Emerson Royale, so that's another defensive option. It's going to be rough though, because um, there are a lot, there are a lot of factors in that. It's it's the yellow flags, it's the uncertainty. Um, I'm pretty much certain Trent starts, um, because I'm pretty sure at this point once. He's any anywhere near fitness. He's gonna start. They, they they would need him. Liverpool. Um, Foden is iffy. Foden is the other issue. Foden is not a hundred percent in my head, which is a problem. There is also Gallagher, who hasn't played in the last two games. Uh, he's not yellow flag, but I don't know what his status either. Mm. Then there's a case of Smith Rowe, who for some reason now cannot come off the bench, which does not make sense to me. Like he scored literally three out of the four times he's been on the bench, and he's yet to get back into the starting eleven when literally two months, two weeks before he was injured or got COVID, one of the two, he was literally Arsenal's heartbeat in the midfield. So it's it it's it's tough because he still returned points in three out of the four times he was benched, but I can't keep going at that and assuming that he's going to come off the bench and score because it's not going to happen forever. And it's definitely not worth keeping somebody on your team who is most likely going to get benched. So that's yeah. it. those are the issues. Um, I'm probably going to have to wait though and see if I can get as much information as possible before I make this moves. But I think I like the idea of, idea of upgrading Nourish Defender to um, Emerson Royal. I think it makes the most sense. Um, just because I may need an extra player from somewhere, that could probably provide me somebody who I can use and use going forward too. Um, but yeah, and I think we already touched some some of that. Outside of Watford, I'm just looking at teams now with good fixtures. Who else is a team that you would recommend people to target? Probably for good fixtures in this double game week and then looking forward. Who has, the, who has the best fixtures in your estimation? Yeah, for sure. So I've had a look at quite a few, to be honest. And um, the one the one that sticks out to me at the moment is Aston Villa. Not only have they made some brilliant signings over the, uh, the winter break, which, I'll, which we'll, we'll touch on shortly, um, their fixtures are also really good coming up. So just to touch on it, their next five fixtures are uh, Manchester United, which... Granted, isn't great, but the way Villa have been playing, you know, I wouldn't mind betting they'd score. Um, then they've got Everton, who haven't been playing well. They go to Leeds, Newcastle, Watford, 
Brighton. Brighton might be difficult, but defensively it'll be okay. Uh, Southampton, West Ham, Arsenal. Yeah, there it gets a little bit tricky again. Up until that Southampton game, you know, we've got a nice set of um, one, two, three, about seven games where it's it's all green. It's um, yeah, it's looking really good. So. Yeah, I I think that's where I'd be looking at going. Obviously, there's a few. They've got a few options now. They've got Watkins. Uh, I wouldn't mind targeting one of their defenders if Luca Ding does come in. I think a lot of people were targeting Cash and Target anyway. Um, so I think that'll be that'll be good. Um, Everton have got some good fixtures. Uh, DCL is looking not great, and Everton in general don't look great, but I think they will look good. It, I, I truly believe that they have only looked bad recently because of they've had horrible games since game week 10. I think since game week 10, they've had basically the position, the average position of the teams they've been playing is uh, about four, like fourth place. So they've been. Over the the course of that eight game weeks, they've been playing the equivalent of you know Tottenham, West Ham, Arsenal week in week out. Um, right. Obviously, that's on average. They've had Man City, they've had Liverpool, they've had cancellations in there. Um, but now they come into a really nice set of fixtures. I can't remember if I went over the fixtures with you before we podded, or um, or if I've actually already been over them on the pod. Either way, they've got. I think it was before. They've, yeah. got, they've got Brighton, Norwich, Aston Villa, Newcastle, Leeds, and Southampton um, as their next few. So I think they, I think they're looking really good. Um, just some other options to consider, I suppose. If you haven't tripled up on West Ham at this point, now's your chance. West Ham still have, I would argue, up until game week thirty-six. I know there's games in hand and things to be rearranged which only adds to their value but right up until game week 36 they haven't really got any run of bad games in there the only one they've really got sort of two weeks in a row they play Liverpool and Tottenham but even then they've got Aston Villa in the middle of them it's not the worst thing to bench them during those weeks but you could maybe look to sell them on that week but right up until game week 27 they've got kind of Leeds, Man United, Watford Leicester, obviously Leicester haven't been playing well. Uh, Newcastle and Wolves. So, you know, that's a decent run of fixtures for, for West Ham. And they've got some... They've got some fixtures to be rearranged as well. So, the the Leeds game, I think, is it's got to be rearranged. Um, right. Manchester United have a good run of fixtures, but it really depends because Manchester United haven't looked good recently, especially for their value. Obviously, Ronaldo's out. Does that give Rashford a chance to come in? I'm not sure. I know Martial probably won't play because he hasn't looked happy. So, yeah, it's it's really hard to say how they're going to set up if Ronaldo's not playing. Um, I think those are really the options. Obviously, Aston Villa, Everton, West Ham, Man United. Like you said, Watford do have a particularly good double game week. They've also they also follow that up with Norwich. I think the problem for me, and probably my biggest problem, is after that they go to West Ham, 
and Brighton, who, you know, for a team like Man City or Liverpool, they're, they're not hard fixtures, but for a team like Watford, going to West Ham and going to Brighton is not going to be an easy fixture. You wouldn't guarantee goals in any of them games for Watford. Um, right. And they go to Villa, who have been improving. Uh, Manchester United won't be easy. Arsenal are playing well. You know, they've got five hard fixtures after that, in my opinion. So they're good for the double game week. And then for game week 23, they're good. But I don't know if they're good for it for after that. Um, and Newcastle as well. I think Newcastle is going to be very, 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 very close. Very, very much one to watch. Um, obviously, they've signed Chris Wood now. And I don't know whether... In fact, I don't know if, if maybe if anyone can tell us, that would be really good. But um, I don't know if anyone knows whether Chris Wood has been signed to replace Wilson. Has he been signed to... Because um, Eddie Howe wants to play two up top, you know, Wilson running off Wood. Do they, will they keep Wilson and Wood's now the backup striker for when Wilson gets in? Like, I don't think anyone knows. But they do have four good fixtures coming up. So they've got uh, Watford, Leeds... Everton, Aston Villa. Um, potentially those last two aren't too easy, but yeah. The, the, the fixtures there are okay as well. But those are where I'd be heading anyway. Like you said, Jota is definitely a good option. Uh, Liverpool have some good fixtures coming up, and he's nailed. So I think if you haven't got Jota, he would be to go as well. Can you see any there that I've particularly missed? Um, not none of that stand out. I think probably another asset that people haven't been talking about is um Norris. I know Stinger has been trying to get people to realize that um, particularly defensively, Tottenham have looked mm. better. There are improvements to be made, as he as he's mentioned to me, but they've definitely made improvements and defensively, um. When Tottenham have a good defensive game, usually Loris is behind that. He's definitely one of the best shot stoppers um, as a prem keeper going around and is definitely consistent in that. So there usually are consistent games where he gets high number of saves. And if he gets those saves with clean sheets, it's usually bonus points coupled with all of that. So um, he's a like a, a shout of an option if you need a keeper. Outside of that, I'll say Regulon, sticking with Tottenham and Emerson. I don't know if you mentioned those. Um, he's probably those are two options I mentioned earlier. Um, but in terms of an option, looking forward beyond this double game week and um, probably going upwards for defenders with a very decent price tag compared to the likes of Diaz and Cancelo and Trent. Emerson in particular would be a nice option. Um, although Stinger has pointed out to me that. In terms of crossing ability, you're probably better off with Regulon because Emerson is not um, adept at crossing the ball as much as Regulon is and definitely wouldn't be likely to cross the ball if he has the opportunity or you know, be more likely to pass the ball back. So yeah, that's probably the only thing. But outside of those two, I'd say you probably covered everybody else. I just wanted to mention quickly, as we could use this as a, as a proper segue, as you mentioned, Wood, there are, there's also been... Um, very interesting January signings. You have the likes of Lucas Dean and um, Coutinho coming back to the Prem as well. Um, my personal take on the Coutinho transfer in particular, now that Aston Villa have him and he's back under Steven Gerrard, who he listed in his 
will eleven by the way in twenty seventeen, which is a point to note. Um, Coutinho, which means that he's very, very, you know, he's very, very fond and very, very, very uh, in awe of Gerard from the time he played with him. I look at it as an opportunity to get him. I personally will be looking at him very closely to buy him, Coutinho, that is, because I believe that if Gerard, who's played with him and knows him on a personal level, um, Fabio on, on Instagram posted that Gerard was in direct conversation with. Coutinho at least on three occasions before the transfer was made. Um, so they clearly have a personal connection. I think that Gerard may know exactly how to use Aston Villa. And I think Aston Villa is a very nice system for Coutinho to slot, slot into, especially with the likes of Watkins and um and Co in front of him. They are a team that are built with players who thrive to with the ball at their feet, but they're also movers, which I think is what Coutinho would thrive under a team that has a lot of attacking players that make runs consistently and are just stacking movers. And I think that in a system that is evolving and with Gerard's imprint on it, he should be in and amongst the goals and assists once um you know he's fit and once he's showing any sort of glimpse of his former self, I think he'll be in for a nice asset there. His price is his starting price is seven million, right? If I'm yes, not that's mistaken. Correct, yeah. Yeah, that's a decent starting price, I believe. Um, yeah. No, I I fully agree. I'm. I don't. I I don't watch international football. I I'll be completely honest. I can't remember where he went when he left Liverpool. I didn't track him. I didn't watch him. Have you seen him okay. either as for for his club side or internationally since he moved away from Liverpool? Yeah. So he signed for um Barcelona, which is a big like. Marquee signing. Um, Klopp is even quoted as telling him that you know if you stay in Liverpool, you'll be a legend. If you go to Barcelona, you'll be another player. And there has not been anybody who has described his time at Barcelona as well as Klopp. And it's crazy because Klopp predicted it. He wasn't even talking about it during his tenure. Um, yeah. but Klopp hit the nail on the head. He was, I wouldn't say ineffective. He had his moments. He definitely has highlights in Barcelona, but he. Definitely would have been overshadowed by the likes of Messi and Suarez when they were still there. It was it was tough for him to go into that system and shine because his player mold and his player type was already covered by Messi and the likes of um, De Jong and Co. Because Barcelona is a pass-oriented team and they have playmakers there in abundance. Not just playmakers, but in abundance. And then obviously, if you're playing alongside Messi, as much as he's not a ball hog or a uh, he doesn't demand the ball as much as somebody like Ronaldo would. Messi definitely will take away something from your game if you're a ball-dominant player because Messi would use the ball. It's just that Messi, when he gets the ball, he usually guaranteed something in a positive end. So I think that took away from him. And it's funny because his highlights of his career were actually done against Barcelona when he played for Bayern on loan. He, was the, he scored twice or assisted once and scored once in that A2 jobbing of of um, Barcelona when they played in the Champions League um, and they ended up winning the Champions League that season but outside of that he hasn't really reached the heights that he reached in England that's for sure and he definitely hasn't fit into the systems that he played in um, as much as he did in under um, was it Brendan Rodgers when he was in Liverpool I think so and yes I think he's coming back to England with a point, point to prove which is always a good thing for a player 
is definitely going to be looking to go out there and make his name. Um, it is going to be an opportunity for him to be on the ball a lot more now, be the focal point of a team, which he was really in Liverpool. And he's going to be back home more or less with somebody that he knows at coach. It's definitely going to be a, a relaxing factor for him, knowing that the coach not only knows him, not only plays with him, but to trust him. Because I'm pretty sure Gerard was one of the main reasons why they went for him in the first place. So it's definitely going to be a positive for him. Um, his tenure outside of England wasn't the best, but it only speaks to his um, opportunity to improve that coming back in England. I'll be very curious to see whether it's a... British style of football maybe versus a Spanish style of football that um, is the reason that Coutinho may have struggled abroad but you know I don't know if um, maybe the game suits him a bit better over here I don't know if maybe Gerard knows him a lot better and that's going to be a factor toward him improving again do you know how old he is? Not off the top of my head I don't think I know his age so just bear with me a second. I'll um I'll quickly look up his age because you know, if he's over thirty, then he's you know maybe starting to get a bit old for a for an attacking midfielder who dribbles. Oh look at that, he's twenty nine. Okay. Um. So yeah, if he's hmm, if he's gonna be playing for Aston Villa. I don't know how long he'll be playing for Aston Villa for, given he's 29 and given his position, given the way he plays. Um, he's, a, he's a creative midfielder, so I guess you don't really lose your creativity, but you definitely lose your your speed and your agility, I would say. Um, yeah, and definitely his ability to uh, make decisions. I think decision-making is definitely going to be key. Um, and I'm sure Gerard is going to make the system in, in a way in which he has options too. Um, attack not just him trying to create everything on his own but it's definitely going to be a case where he's going to have people to hit and um you know attackers to to create opportunities for exactly i think um i think the way gerard what what the team that gerard's got at the moment where he's got um he's got buendia he's got jacob murphy he's got uh you know ings and watkins who can both play out wide for the other one to play out front um yeah. He has a team, and especially now, obviously, with Coutinho as well. And, uh, McGinn. and then we have to remember um, McGinn and the Bailey. I know he's injured. Is how long is he out for? That's that's the other thing I was supposed to ask. Leon Bailey. Um, Do you know what? I don't know. I don't know what his latest status is. He was um, he was being talked about two or three weeks ago as a potential replacement for. For certain people, but uh, I know McGinn's out at the moment. But I'll have a quick look at um. Because Bailey is another option. Bailey is definitely one of those explosive players that can um get in on behind the defense. Has raw speed, raw speed, and couples that with um an ability to cross and a finishing touch. Sure. He's a decent player, and and that's why I'm saying like Aston Villa has the the capabilities of becoming a team that can run and gun in a sense. It's, Run and gun is a basketball term. It usually connotates fast break style. So, in other words, um, counter attacks then. Um, counter attacking style of football where 
the speed is one, two, three quick passes, and all of this, all of a sudden, you're in your opponent's 18 yard box. I think with a Coutinho in the midfield, I think that type of style might suit them. And then somebody like Watkins on top and a target mana for like Ings for the longer passes. Yeah, there's opportunity there for Aston Villa really to make a shot for themselves. Definitely. Just um, just I'll have a quick look at um, Bailey's injury. So he's got a thigh injury at the moment, and uh, there's no expected yeah. return date on him. Um, That's the issue. If anything, that probably yeah. that may have been part of the reason why the Coutinho offer went through fairly early, because obviously he plays in a similar position, I think, to to yep. Bailey. Uh, Bailey's been out since game week fifteen. During the um. In fact, during game week 14, he played uh, 30 minutes. I think he got injured in that game. Um, so far, he's got, got three than... bonus points too, as well. Say again, sorry? And scored a goal. He got three bonus points in that game and scored a goal. <laughs> and an assist as well, I believe, in 30 minutes and then got injured. <sighs> Just speaks to what he can do. Did he? But then he obviously... Hey, Bailey, in that game, I don't, I don't think he's... Um, I don't think he scored against Man City. Game, oh, that was his last game. No, I was talking about oh, that's a previous injury. Then one of the earlier injuries, he had he'd come off the bench. I think it was, I think that, yeah, that was his first home game. And he scored, um, he scored from a fast break and assisted from a corner, got three bonus points, and then injured ah, himself within the minutes. Everton game, game week five. Then he got injured for three weeks. Right. Man United, Tottenham, and Wolves, maybe, yeah. And it was the same tie, which means it's probably a reoccurring injury. Because yeah. it's the same uh, same thigh injury he had in that game week. That's why I thought it was that game because it's a thigh injury that he has. And that's the thing though with him, he's he's injury prone and it's his quad <laughs> again that has always been an issue for him. So it's definitely something and they're gonna have to try to work on because it's reoccurred um it's reoccurring for him. Definitely. Well Aston Villa, so during that, that stint, that recent stint that um that Bailey missed. They played Leicester, Liverpool, Norwich. Then they had a blank game week, Chelsea, another blank game week, and Brentford. So I think Aston Villa have got uh, two games in hand now. They've, they've got two games to be rearranged. Um, yeah. But maybe if uh, if you don't mind, if we can briefly talk about uh, teams who have certain number of games remaining, because I think it's important to note that obviously a lot of teams... Some teams haven't actually missed a game. Other teams have missed three games. So, for example, the likes of Manchester City, West Ham, haven't missed a game so far. They've played all 21 of their games. But then you get um, then you get teams like uh, Tottenham, who have missed three, Everton have missed three, Burnley have missed four, didn't know that. Uh, you've got Watford, who have missed three, and then you've got quite a lot of teams who have missed two, so sort of in there, the ones you might be interested in. Newcastle, Leeds, Aston Villa, uh, Brighton and Wolves, not really many, many players from there. So I think those are the teams to just keep an eye on. You know, if, if there's, if it's looking like there's going to be a double game week, obviously the, the teams who have missed more games are more likely to get the double game weeks sooner. Yeah. Um, it could be worth bringing some of those players in in hopes that they maybe get two or three double game weeks in a row to catch them back up. I, I can't see the Premier League pushing all of the double game weeks to the end of the season. Um, they'll, they'll try and get them done as soon as possible. I think it's worth keeping an eye on definitely the double game weeks that are coming up as well. And I only mention sure. this because sure. um, 
obviously we've spoken about the fact that Aston Villa and Everton have very good coming up fixtures and that's without the double game weeks kind of factored into it yet. So the fact that they've got two and three um, respectively games postponed suggests that, you know, they're only going to get better fixtures. They're only going to get more better fixtures. 